Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. Just do it. In 2002, the radio was filled by the heavily edited Sounds of Kaya. This week, we are joined by Freight School host Joe Farron to discuss the mega hit My Neck, My Back and dive into a deeper discussion about the history of filthy hip-hop. Is Kaya's song a vulgar party anthem and nothing more? Or is it just the tip of the iceberg for a talented female rapper? One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder? So, Joe, you came in hot today with your pick, I got to (laughs) say. Yes, I did. Yeah. We're doing Kaya, My Neck, My Back, and this song is an absolute heater. I got to say, this song, I'm all about this song. And I got to say, I didn't really know this song that well at the time it came out. But like going back and listening to this and diving into the Kaya catalog it's awesome, man. Especially now, more than ever, I love the sex-positive songs performed by women. This song rules. 
Yeah, I mean, like, let's just be real, right? Like, if it was not for my neck, my back, like, my neck, my back crawled so that, like, WAP could run. Exactly. You can draw a a direct through line from my neck, my back to this. And again, like, even prior to that, you have Lil' Kim, How Many Licks, you have Monifa, Touch It. Like, you have your, like, quote-unquote campy hip hoppy like sex songs like uh that ludicrous song um fantasy (laughs) what's your fantasy yeah exactly to be fair like men have been doing those forever so like you know when women do them you know you have that certain section of people that are going to clutch their pearls and be like super offended by it but i think it's awesome no absolutely and yeah it's just it's like okay i'm like i'm gonna listen to this song and like i won't be able to sing out loud like most of the lyrics right (laughs) without without having like without being thrust into like a moral quandary but you know it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like i don't think that we would have like hits today without songs like this and and again it's just like you know when you you there's always a place for songs and that's one of that's kind of why i love like one did one hit wonders it's just like you put so much out there like something's gonna stick and then you know maybe it launches your career uh or maybe it (laughs) or maybe it doesn't right you know the thing about this song too and the same thing with wop is like from a musical standpoint from the beat to the delivery of the lyrics and everything. I think they're great songs. <laughs> you know, if this song sucked and it was just, you know, raunchy lyrics, I'd be like, oh, that song sucks. But the fact of the matter is that these songs have great beats and the flow and delivery is great. And uh, so it's a combination of both things. Like, yeah, you there might be people out there that are focusing on these very sexually explicit lyrics and frowning upon them but the fact of the matter is these are these are great songs regardless of the lyrics oh yeah absolutely and i mean like the radio play like (laughs) the radio play that my neck my back got uh when it came out was kind of like if you think about it like it's a little bit insane because i don't know i mean i just think about like early 2000s being like you know we got bush we got 9-11 we got like at the same time it's like you know proud to be american and then like Five minutes right. later, it's my neck, my back. At least that's how it was on the radio station that I listened to growing up. <laughs> yeah. What radio station played uh, <laughs> Lee Green, Lee Greenwood, and then uh, and then oh wait, Kaya back to back. <laughs> I, I know, right? It's just so like so. I think I mentioned this every time I every time I talk about something from like my childhood, I always have to preface it with like I grew up on Guam in the middle of the Pacific and oh. like I really didn't listen to like the radio, like what you would call like today's hits type radio until okay. maybe I was in like end of fifth beginning of sixth grade and then like and then i was like okay so this is cool i'll put the radio on and then i'll become like that kid who loves listening to like songs on the radio it's where like my love of pop music comes from and that took me a lot of time to kind of reconcile but also like what was just really popular growing up and then like all of like middle school into high school was just like you know this really kind of like radio worthy hip hop rap music. Right. So like I have like very strong memories tied to like early Missy Elliott. Hell yeah. Trick daddy, all of that stuff. And so then when you get into 
like I remember clearly listening to this track by the like amazing Kaya and thinking like, what is she saying? <laughs> I have no like, you know, clutching my metaphorical pearls as it were. And then right. listening to the uncensored track much later and being like, oh my goodness, that's what she was saying. Right. Hey, and the, the censored version, which I, I didn't even find this the censored version. So what was my neck, my back? And it was kind of just like, my would she go like huh or something she, like that? Oh, she so she made noises like right. you know it was like my neck my back my uh and my uh like <laughs> <laughs> okay which right. you know i mean like if if anyone has ever you know been stimulated in those areas i mean maybe those noises sound accurate but right. <laughs> uh, it'd be like you know like my ooh and my like oh <laughs> that's <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, somewhere out there, listener out there, if you are really good at editing, please make a censored version of My Neck, My Back using the noises I just made and then tag me <laughs> in it. Right. <laughs> a lot of times on here, we'll go through the lyrics, but I think we're going to we're going <laughs> to bypass that <laughs> that part. Maybe we could pick out we could pick out a few here. The thing about it is, once again, as funny as they are in a way there it's only that way because we as a society are so backwards about sex and uh and our sexual organs you know like it's only our puritanical roots that are making us feel weird about this at all but to be honest some of them are pretty funny the 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 one that made me laugh when i was like following along was Mm -hmm. So hot in the line on cream with a unit on my face. So mean, <laughs> I I like that line. And especially that's like one of the few lines I feel like I can get away with, with reciting on the podcast. But, you know, honestly, there she doesn't shy away one bit from singing about her pussy. And I, you know, now more than ever, you know, we brought up WAP already. Obviously, Kaya's if Kaya's listening, she's probably like, I don't know if she she's like, you know, that was me. Uh, I'm the one who who opened the door for that, and then Lil Kim could probably say that to her, and then Madonna and and fucking uh, there's a lot of other artists that could say that before them who who opened the door, right? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and that's the thing is like you know Kaya being like what I think from Tampa, like from Florida, of course Florida, right? <laughs> but also like you know again Trina, the baddest bitch, like she's also like. <laughs> And then, so this like was like my gateway into kind of that like really kind of raunchy like female rap from early 2000s. Cause then we get, you know, how many licks? I was like, okay, now I'm going down the how many licks road. Now I'm going down to like (laughs) Trina, the baddest bitch who has like one of the more shocking lyrics that I've ever heard (laughs) in a song. (laughs) And so it's just like, you know, all of this to like, you know, get back to, I mean, like, why do you, I, I think people wonder like why Megan the Stallion, why? Cardi B are so popular right now it's been like oh yeah it's because like they you know folks from like our generation who remember Kaya who remember Trina and Lil Kim are just like yeah these are these are girls that we know plus they like grew up with that music so you know you're seeing them being hugely influenced by that do you think there's there's any uh, I thought as soon as I heard WAP I kind of thought this is it sort of like a reaction to what's going on in the the country? You have this sort of pendulum swing of this like 
right wing thinking, which we're seeing it swing back the other way. Thank goodness. I think I'm hoping this is a death rattle of that. But you have this sort of like way of thinking that is like, I don't know, sort of of trying to hold that down to hold women down. And and is this a pushback against that? Is this a pushback against that way of thinking? Or is it just... Is it just something that's all is sex always going to sell? Is that is that what it is? I, I don't know. Yes, I think on the surface of it, looking at it from the outside and just thinking specifically as the music as a music as an industry and what can and cannot sell like absolutely yes sex will sell 100% all the time and if you think about uh, the time period in which my neck my back comes out in the lyrics she's talking like she is making it very clear that like you need to also please me like right. this is not like you know I, again you had like fantasy come out you have a lot of like very specific like you know snoop and ain't no fun and like you know you have all of these songs especially within rap and within popular music coming out about like from the male gaze and from male-centered pleasure and then you have um (laughs) you know you have kaya come out with a very explicit song about like don't stop doing it until like i come like not just my neck and my back but you know lick the front and you know like the pussy and my you know whatever so it's just (laughs) i mean it's like it's and it's also like it's calling from it's kind of calling that out. It's kind of saying like, okay, like you reminding women that their pleasure also needs to be at the forefront. Right. Which is very, I mean, at it's, you know, if, if I really want to read into it, I'm like, yes, that's very empowering. And in especially in an industry, you know, specifically speaking about like hip hop and rap music that has like a lot, that's also a lot of fraught conversations about misogyny. Yeah. Like it's, it's good to have this a song come out and this kind of like lyrics and it's like no i'm gonna hit you with it i'm like you know i'm not only am i gonna please like the hell out of you but like you are also going to make sure that i get mine and then when you come to like wap like you know drawing the straight line all the way through to 2020s wap i definitely think that like that is a direct response to like what is current what the kind of quote-unquote right-wing like a news cycle, like outrage culture is all about, you know, right. like you just think about like Cardi B's political activism and how vocal she is on her social media. Same thing with Megan the Stallion, especially within black culture spaces. And then you have them come out like in the middle of a pandemic doing like wet, <laughs> wet ass yeah. pussy. And it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. Like we're always going to want to do it. They Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are also like super hyper aware of who the fan base is. And I mean, what Megan had a hit with in 2019 with Hot Girl Summer, like <laughs> and that was a right. thing. And so like you they hyper aware but like they are truly making it as like a response and you know to get people super outraged about it. I don't know necessarily. I mean, I can't speak to Kaya's intention and I can't speak to what she believes her legacy (laughs) is with my neck, my back. Cause she went on to continue to, to make more music again, not as, uh, in my opinion, not as catchy and not as, not as rich as uh, my neck, my back. But, you know, I think that there, I think that both things of what you're saying are true. Yeah. And Hey, when you're talking about, female empowerment in the in the conversation here 
You can look at Kaya's backstory, which I thought was just the a perfect story of that is that, you know, she was born in Philadelphia, born and raised, <laughs> moved to, to Tampa at age 11, got expelled from high school in ninth grade, had her first child at 14, and then she moved to Hawaii. And then she had her second child there and she had to, you know, bartend to make ends meet. And then she releases this album, Thug Misses, that that's the song that's the album has my neck my crack on it mm-hmm. wrote the song in 15 minutes is what she told mtv news anyway and had a hit song like that's pretty empowering because i don't know to have a, a kid at 14 that's it's very very young you, that, that seems like life is going to be a, a struggle to to mm-hmm. already have to have that responsibility at 14 you know and to have been expelled from school and to try to make things happen it's kind of like a it's a great story man <laughs> I, I, and she still is she's had a long career i mean yeah my neck my back was her only you know hit that the average person is going to know but i don't know i kind of disagree with you when i dug into her music a little more uh she had a song from i think it was maybe it was more recent it's called yum yum sauce which is basically i, I listened to it because first of all i like yum yum sauce when you like go to a hibachi place it's like the <laughs> pinkish sauce you know mm-hmm. that you dip your uh vegetables or whatever in and was it about that chris <laughs> uh close it was actually about our pussy oh of course <laughs> but, yes but uh <laughs> but it was also a great song like the beat was great the chorus was awesome she had a she has another song called next caller that i really feel like in, in my neck my back like uh, as far as like the actual rap verses i feel like it's okay. Her flow's okay. And I feel like there's some lines that she really forces the syllables into the line and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, but this, this song next caller, if you check it out, like her flow is awesome. Like she's actually a really good rapper. Basically what I'm getting at is she's more than just like it, the outrageous sexual lyrics. I think mm-hmm. she's actually pretty talented. So I was pretty inspired when I, I saw her story and then, you know, dug into her catalog and was like, yeah, she's actually pretty good. I'm going to have to give it a second chance. I'm all for like a female rapper. I feel like most of the music I listen to is uh, predominantly uh, female artists anyway. So, or femme identified artists anyway. So I'm always down to support like a female rapper. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I kind of feel I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So many of my, I, I've, I really gravitate towards pop, I, I guess, you know, and, and when I, <laughs> it's just so crazy how every artist that I like in the pop world ends up, I mean, 99% are females. I, you know, I, yeah. I love this artist, Verite. Do you know Verite? Oh, I don't. Do I need to know? <laughs> oh, yes, you need to know. <laughs> She's just incredible. But also, you know, I love the Ariana Grande and Carly Rae Jepsen and, uh, you know, all these like just over the top, well-produced pop female artists. <laughs> I just think they're, they're great, you know? So uh, it was no surprise that digging into Kaya's catalog that I found a lot of stuff I liked. So uh, I, I, I thought this was going to be, honestly, I thought it was going to be one of those things where I dug into the catalog. I'm like, this is unlistenable, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> it, but honestly, honestly, it wasn't, it was good, man. Well, well, not to take away from someone who's going to probably do this on your show in the future, but it sounds like to me that Kaya has like the similar trajectory of a uh, Khalees. 
because Kalise is Kalise's music post Milkshake is also really good. Really, um, I never I, dug in past Milkshake because I was just like, okay, well, she was like married to Nas, like she has like right. that, you know, that royalty behind her, and then you know she goes off on another thing. But like I, I was listening to, um, she has a really, gr- she still has a really great voice. I was listening to a song that's off of the new Disclosure album that she's featured on. It's like their, it's not the title track, but it's um, the first single to drop from the new Disclosure album, and it's really good. Like she still has the bars. Right. Well, I guess it makes sense. I, I I should have known that Nas, who for my money is top three rappers ever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if if not the best, uh, that he would have been in a relationship with somebody that also wasn't a talent. He was, you know, uh, so that makes sense to me. I'm going to have to I have to dig into Cleese too. I didn't even know. Yeah. Again, um, not to take away from future episodes, but <laughs> right, right. No, no. Hey, when I, you know, what's funny about this song too is you, you brought up like around the time it came out. So we're we're about a year after nine eleven when this song came out, and when I'm looking at like what else is in the charts, it's pretty wild because to think about this song being with these songs, which are. Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton, The Middle by Jimmy World, and Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Like these just Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so many like pop rock gems and then you throw this <laughs> throw this right in there with it. Maybe this was a little bit of a response to that too. You had these like just over the top sugary G-rated <laughs> songs for for lack of a better way to put it and then you just, you know, this could have been just a, a reaction to that as well. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Oh my gosh, complicated... 
and yeah. a thousand miles. Oh my yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, as sugary as it gets. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't get it doesn't get any more sugary than that. Can you just imagine like say again, top forty listening to top forty radio and it's like, you know, that opening piano riff, and then all of a sudden all your ladies pop, y'all uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ch- trying to make sense of it, I I, I don't know. There there's a thousand reasons why this song could have caught on, you know, an outrageous being outrageous definitely catches people's attention. And the perfect example, you know, WAP, we keep talking about WAP, but there is one recently that I don't know if you heard. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's 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 already gone. But it for a few days there was like friends were texting it to me. And and then I saw it was like, oh my God, this song is like number one on iTunes right now. I thought this was just something that like friends of mine found, but there was this country song called Dick Down in Dallas. What? <laughs> You don't know about Dick Down in Dallas? No. <laughs> Dude, you got to check this song out. It's like, it's funny too, because I even forget the name of the artist now. It was just, it wasn't like a famous artist, but he oh made a whole, it, he's a country artist, like a pop country artist who the rest of his songs are completely normal pop country songs, but he has a song called Dick Down in Dallas. Like she's getting Dick Down in Dallas. Oh, God. Uh, and, and like one of the lines is like, ain't old in Austin, fuck down in Boston or so, something along those lines. And it was just so outrageous and so unexpected that everyone who heard it just loved it. And it, it was it was huge. And just everyone was like sending it to their friends for a week or two there. This was like a couple months ago. And now it's already it's gone. <laughs> it's it's oh, already like my God, it, it ran its course, but it was it, it it cut through because it was outrageous, you know, and th- there's something to be said for that too. I just don't know at what point are sexual, overly sexual things not going to be outrageous anymore. Like we, it's not like we haven't mm-hmm. heard these things a million times. We all, you know, we've all been hearing these things. I, I guess just it's when something outrageous also becomes mainstream. And then you think about your your mom <laughs> listening to it or your your grandma hearing it by accident or something like that. I guess that's what makes it outrageous. That's such a good thing to think about, right? Because it's like, okay, we like given what's been on television, like, like, yeah. like given everything, like we really shouldn't be surprised about like the radio play of WAP or even the radio play of Dick Down in Dallas, which I will listen to immediately yeah, after yeah, this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so fascinating because like there when you think about music now, like there is so much like radio stations are almost insignificant because are like are, are approaching like um being obsolete because you can have such a rich life outside of it like it's about right. the spotify algorithm and having songs under three minutes so that way the more plays you get and all this kind of things and then you have like your youtube drop your social media presence i think we like learned this a little bit from lil nas x it's really fascinating how things can just grow so much that like the radio station is forced to play it because it's so ubiquitous and in some cases so suffocating that it's like okay well now i have to play this because it's what people are listening to outside of this which you know you got to think is a really cool thing especially for people who are you know we're living in the age of like 
people who are creating their own content independently. It's also really fascinating because like I remember like listening to the radio and just thinking like, oh my God, like that was the pinnacle of what you could achieve was like a song on the radio randomly. Um, I, I just think about like that Selena, that Selena scene in in the movie where like she hears her song for the first time on the radio. Right. And it's so, like, that's like the pinnacle of what you can achieve. And that's not anymore. Like you can definitely have no, like, significant notoriety being online only. I mean, like, think about, I think I saw this meme last year where it was like, we haven't experienced WAP yet safely in a, like, club setting <laughs> yet. Wow. Uh, so it's like, can you imagine, like, if the WAP has all of this power right now, can you imagine what that's going to be like when we're able to, like, you know, when we're all vaccinated <laughs> and we're, like, uh, like, partying in the clubs and it's just, like, you know, that, like, opening bass riff and then like that's a pause and the task and then everyone goes oh like i desperately long for those moments joe i'm not gonna lie you just gave me chills <laughs> well <laughs> just, just thinking think about, about that it. moment the first time i hear that like in a public setting where people are drunk and partying oh man that is gonna be like the official end of covid that will be yeah it'll that be, will be the- <laughs> That'll be the alarm. (laughs) Exactly. It'll be like, oh, it'll be that moment. And then like, I just also like that applies to like every big hit from like every big hit from last last year right with all of the Dua Lipa songs with, uh, oh my God, like, you know, as like a homosexual, like I have like yet to dance to Chromatica in a club and I'm like desperate to dance to um, (laughs) Rain On Me with with Ariana Grande in like a club setting um, and not in my room. (laughs) Yeah. No, I never, that's the first time I thought about that. How, you know, and you can go with clubs, but also like any songs that have been released that haven't been performed live at a concert. Oh and things my like gosh. that. Yes, yes. I mean, I feel like we could talk forever about this, but it is okay. So what I, I was touching on a little bit is it's surprising that the sexual nature of a song could even be shocking at this point. If you think about even like the '90s, we had Snoop Dogg, and we had uh, you know very sexual, popular music. It wasn't just rap. It was a Red Hot Chili Peppers album that had like some of the super sexual songs on it and things like that. So how 30, 40 years later from this type of stuff is anything shocking and 30 or 40 years from now, especially when we're not even beholden to soon, it I feel like it's going to be irrelevant, like cable television and like you know, we all have Netflix and HBO Go and Hulu and those things you could put whatever on there. I mean, yeah, you don't have you don't have hardcore pornography on there, but you do have like basically anything you want to see. I mean, watch Game of Thrones, watch whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and so at what point are all of these puritanical sort of like ideas about I mean, it's mostly sex. Like I could almost see the arguments against like violent stuff. Like mm-hmm. not that I'm not that I'm for censorship really at all. I feel like adults should be able to watch whatever they want, but like I could maybe see the argument against violence as opposed to like the sexual stuff. The sexual stuff is just, I don't know stuff that we've been accustomed to for so long, but just certain swaths of the population haven't been uh, accepting of it yet the way in that sort of like European way yet, you know? And I don't know when that's going to happen. 
I mean, well, like everyone, barring if you're like asexual, everyone's gonna fuck, right? Like right. <laughs> everyone right. could has the potential to, you know, go and you know have sex with someone else or themselves. But like, not everybody is going to be in a situation that's called for violence. So, right? Like, I don't. I, I also too don't understand why, like, something that affects literally everybody. It's how everybody got here. Yeah, <laughs> um, for the most part, is like still. So so like we're at this place where it's still so taboo. I mean, like we have, I feel like it's getting better. Um, And especially with like the streaming ecosystem and not being beholden to really them being their own censors as it were, because it's like, you know, okay, if you make it this, this is not going to play for X amount of people and knowing all of that, but like still, you know, I mean, like, I just like, I like binged Bridgerton in like a in day. So it's just like, it was like a really horny show and I did not expect it to be. And so again, like we're, we're also in that space where it's like, we're slowly approaching that. But I think as long as we still have those swaths of people who are, you know, especially like actively in politics and working towards government control of reproductive rights and all of these things, like we're going to have that. I mean, I don't need to bring this up, but I mean, like Ben Shapiro's whole thing about like, you know, his wife's a doctor and she doesn't have a WAP and it's like, okay, well, I wouldn't brag about that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? That's what that is. I've seen like a lot of like memes about that, but I never really like investigated what the deal was. I just assumed it was like that he was such an unattractive dork (laughs) but that's what that is i I didn't even know that yeah he's like i think he said like on air he like told on himself in like the best way it was like okay well like my wife's a doctor and like you know she said that you know hers doesn't do that i'm like okay well maybe she's (laughs) maybe (laughs) something's wrong yeah and then at the same time, like, you know, we have this, like, we're in the TikTok generation. So then you have, like, I saw a TikTok of, like, a guy who is an actual, like, gynecologist who was dancing to WAP, but was also saying, like, you know, if your pussy's overly wet, like, <laughs> it could be, you know, different. And then the one thing I really want to mention, too, with going back to Kaya and my neck, my back, is the fact that, like, she is actively out here. like discussing like analingus like (laughs) my neck my back my pussy and my crack and it's like and and in that order because like you know crack and then pussy probably not the best situation but like you know in that (laughs) in that order and it's like we don't get that like (laughs) you know i can i could probably tell you like maybe 10 five or 10 different like gay artists who do you know like you know who are like popular in like the gay space uh you know a la big dipper a la caswell but like kaya is out here like had this like hit song that was just like you know everything do it like right do it all oh yeah i guess i wasn't thinking about that angle of what of maybe what was shocking about the song maybe that was the first yeah i guess before kaya i can't think of a song that discussed that particular topic i'm even trying to think of like the dirty male rap songs. I don't, yeah. even, 
I don't even necessarily remember any of those. It was always just like, suck my dick. Like that, that was like yeah. the main thing. Like, but yeah. Okay. Which how limiting, right? How limiting right. to just be like, oh, you're going to suck my dick. I'm like, okay, well, Kaya just named like five different things that you yeah, could do right. to her. And right. it's just like, you're just sad because you only can think to do that. And it's like, oh no, you're going to lick my neck, my back, my pussy, my, right. like, all of it. Right. Oh, oh, hey, I got to back up a second. I did think of I did think of somebody who, who was doing it. And this is a very polarizing group. But I know I know who's been singing about that stuff and rapping about that stuff since I was 11 years old. Shout out to all my juggalos out there. ICP. <laughs> ICB have been rapping about their buttholes since like <laughs> since like 90. So uh, that's that's the exception. I got to give ICP a little credit there. But yeah, I mean, I think that if if anything, Kaya is, you know, opening the doors for what I think maybe the world would be a better place if we could openly talk about and sing about and focus on sex being a positive thing as opposed to violence and hurting other people and being angry and incel culture and all these kind of things. Like maybe we should just be celebrating our bodies a little more in music and not being so puritanical about it. And I I'm all about it, man. I think this is a great song on top of that. Take all this stuff aside from a musical sonic perspective. I think the song has a great beat. If this song comes on in a playlist and I've had a few drinks, I'm, I'm going to (laughs) be depending on how many drinks I have. I'm either going to be bobbing my head or I'm going to be out there on the dance floor doing some kind of weird dance to this. Yeah. It's like, Oh yes. I feel, I feel it. I feel it all. Like I'm doing this thing with my shoulders right now. I feel it. And, and listen to the uncensored version. Like I have, I have such an aversion to anything censored. And I think it's because like I listened like my beginning of my life was all about like all my like pop music listening life was all about the radio and so there was so much the censored stuff that when i finally heard the uncensored version i was like why is this censored and like oh okay well then you get into censorship and nancy reagan and all that bullshit but like i I, like listen to the uncensored version so dear listener if you have never listened to which i i'm sure you have but like if you've never heard like the full unedited like my neck my back go go do yourself a favor i didn't know that still existed i had a friend who when um when britney spears's work bitch came out i put it on i was like driving with a friend and you know she was like one of my like you know goody kind of goody goody friends and we were singing it and then when it came to the part where i was like you better work bitch she said the censored lyric and i <laughs> was like what? Which, which is, is you what? better work work <laughs> oh okay yeah. so i was like and i was like what she's like what joe and i'm like yeah the song is called work bitch and it's like oh i didn't <laughs> know like it had it in the lyrics i'm like no like you want a hot wow. body you want a bugatti you want a maserati you better work bitch <laughs> <laughs> nice uh yeah yeah that that is funny like when you don't realize that the censored version is the censored version oh that yeah that that say in the same line oh what song it's not that one there's another song too that does that thing where they just say the same word again oh it's gonna drive me crazy 
uh, I know after the fact, I'm going to remember what it is, too. But yeah, that's pretty funny. WAP does like it just says uh, wet and gushy. Which, <laughs> which is, is worse. Like, which, which is, is worse. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much. That is so much worse. I love that is actually impressive, Joe, to make to say something not necessarily vulgar. That's actually worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, ooh, like and then but it, it's also like then you put it in people's heads. It's like she's saying wet and gushy, but why is it a P? why is it not wag or wog (laughs) right yeah exactly (laughs) well anyway joe this has been really great we always look i don't even think we need to do this at the end of every episode we decide if the song was a one-hit blunder meaning this shouldn't have happened or if the artist brought the one-hit thunder which part of that is digging deeper into the catalog and you and i had a little bit of a difference of opinion on that meaning you didn't really think her catalog, the rest of her catalog reflected the greatness of this song. Whereas I dug in, I kind of thought some of those other songs, Yum Yum Sauce, highly recommended. Uh, also highly recommend Next Caller. Um, I think mm-hmm. some of these songs also stand up there. But what I'm getting at is whether this was a one hit blunder or if it brought the one hit thunder. I vote thunder, obviously. And I, thunder, I think gonna, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Hell yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on, Joe. Uh, and also, before we go, do you want to talk about your podcast for a second? Matt was, I was hearing all about it and and I feel like it's a, it's a great, it's a, a great topic for a podcast. Uh, sure. So um, my podcast uh, is uh, called Fright School and uh, Fright School is basically uh, for the last couple of years, meet my friend Joshua, who is a lifelong horror fan, has been showing me horror movies that I've never seen. When we started, I hadn't seen very basically any of the classic horror films. And now I've seen like over 140 something. So, wow. you know, each week we talk about um, it's usually a movie that I've not seen or haven't seen in a long time. And uh, we talk a little bit about like the social cultural significance of it uh what was going on in the culture at the time what the movie is trying to say about culture please give it a listen we are on all the streaming all of your itunes and spotify google play all of that stuff and uh, we also have great memes um at fright school on facebook and instagram Hey, quick, quick question before I let you go. Not to make you have to rank things, but of these 140 some movies that you've watched, what has been your favorite and what has been your least favorite of them? Oh, that's easy. Um, (laughs) I I think my standard answer for my favorite lately has been Jennifer's Body, mainly because it's just a way to get the conversation rolling on how awesome and underrated of a film it is. I also like, you know, I think it's I think it's really easy to choose like The Exorcist or Signs of the Lambs and, you know, more kind of quote unquote horror prestige. But I usually go with Jennifer's Body. I probably will reevaluate that in the coming year because I feel like Get Out is like right underneath that. As far as my my least favorite film, this French movie from like 2000, uh, I think it was 2003 or maybe 2007, actually, but it's uh, French Extremity. It's called Interior, but it's Inside is what it's called. And, you know, I don't do well with violence for no reason. Uh And there's a lot of violence in here. And it's like for seemingly no reason. It was one of the more shocking. It was the first film where Joshua like looked at me as we were watching it because we used to be able to watch movies together. He looked at me and he was like, this next part, you don't have to like, you can cover your eyes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, like that's, that's saying a lot coming from you. (laughs) 
right. uh, for <laughs> me. Um, I think it was the most difficult film at the time. But then, you know, after that, it's just, you know, yeah, it's just all blood and guts after that. But right, I, right. I think, yeah, Inside is probably my, one of my least favorite. And then they made an American version of it that came out like maybe two or three years ago that I'm kind of curious about <laughs> to see what they kept because uh-huh. the French version is just so it's so uh, banana sandwich for me. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks a lot again for for coming on. Everybody check out Fright School and uh, hell yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafaios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Don't Try This at Home off the Punchline album 37 Everywhere. Matt and Chris are excited to announce our new company, We Know Podcasting. If you've always wanted to host a podcast but didn't know how to get started, wanted feedback on your current podcast, or just need someone to edit your shows, we're here to help. Contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for rates and services. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.